to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Travis Scott. Hello. I've got that weird voice again. <laughs> Hang on. You sound, you sound <laughs> a bit stuffed up. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit congested. I'm a little bit better now, and uh, yeah, my hair's growing really long now. We've we really should take some more photos for the um for the episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. We don't look much like the uh, cover art particularly anymore. Yeah, I don't have short hair anymore. I've got, like, shoulder-length hair and Ben's... Really, as long as mine. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Not my beard's better. (laughs) Yeah, Trevor does have a better beard. Can't find a better beard. Uh, So, what are we doing this week, Trev? Uh, We're going to do some more reviews, because they're always fun, and that's what I plugged on the episode that hasn't come out yet of Zach and Mary uh, on Comedy Rewind with John O'Keefe. Trevor was recently on Comedy Rewind, or will soon be on Comedy Rewind, (laughs) depending on the release date of that. So, look out for him over there. Uh, That's always a fun time. Mm. So, we'll continue with our review series of... Uh, dumpster diving into the into the bowels of steam and the darknet equivalent. Yeah, the, the dark the dark web of steam games. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to go first. I can jump right in because okay. uh, I know we both have been really enjoying Scooby Doo and the Burger from Hell. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean that that burger. It looks so appetizing, and it's just so, it's rendered so so well. Well, and it's just perfect for you know Scooby Shaggy always looking for big sandwiches, mm. uh, looking for looking for food, always having the munchies. So I liked how they started that off, like it kicked it off at the end of a case, mm. and you know they just pulled the mask off of old man shenanigans. Yeah. And uh, and Shaggy's just like, well, time for it. this. This is my Shaggy, yeah. apparently. That's <laughs> your Shaggy. It's almost a perfect impression. Zoinks, <laughs> zoinks. Time, time, time for. I, don't, I can't do it. Fucking Shaggy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and the. <laughs> I do like that they got Matthew Lillard in to do. Shaggy, though. Yeah. That, yeah, it was pretty good. It seemed appropriate. But that they the, it's the end of that case. They go and they go for a burger and it basically attacks them and then it kicks off the whole thing and goes into the yeah. theme song. It goes into the theme really song, cool. which was amazing that it was like, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. But it was fully rendered in 3D. Like, they'd, yeah. they'd, spent, yeah. they'd spent dollars. Like, I, I- Yeah, I mean, it's it's- what was the? I mean, what was even the last licensed Scooby Doo game before this? It's been generations of of consoles. Uh, I don't even. Uh, I, I think I can't even name on one hand like how many how many Scooby Doo games there are out there. There's, there's got to have been one on the Super NES, probably. Maybe the like 3DO, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but what I loved was it was fully rendered in 3D, like, and it wasn't that that weird sort of. Oh, look, it's. Uh, it doesn't feel like Scooby Doo, and it's you know really blocky, and they're not they're not talking right, like a certain Futurama game or a, or a yeah. or a Family Guy game. But no, this was just beautifully rendered. Well, I think they've really showed that they have kind of almost solved that like two D looking three D now, mm. uh, so that they can make yeah make the animations and, and make the. The and shaders really look like the show. And cell shading was a was a great choice for this as well, because, you know, they don't have to go too realistic with the with the shadows and stuff and Yeah, and of course it makes perfect sense for the cartoon. Yeah. I'm not sure what engine they did this in. I couldn't quite work it out, but uh it certainly looked pretty enough and I did I did like the fact that, you know, everyone in the mystery machine was was here and present and that you could legitimately actually go you know, drive the mystery machine around. Well, that's it. So we should talk about some of the gameplay elements. And, and I liked that they sort of used the different characters to bring in different gameplay elements. So yeah. when you're playing as Fred, that's usually you're driving, driving stuff because it's usually driving the mystery machine. 
Uh, you've got Velma with some more kind of investigative yep. kind of stuff, more a bit more stealth, stealth, and, and like searching for clues and, and that sort of thing. Yep, Daphne with all the flirting stuff. Yep. Um, well, I just the, a lot more. Conv- yeah, you've got some sort conversation, of conversation, conversation puzzles. I, just call, but- I called it the flirting mechanic because it just felt like she was just flirting with with everyone oh, yeah. she was talking. About. I mean, it's seduction. Yeah, and then the actiony sort of stuff. Obviously, yeah, of, with, of with the shades and scooby. Yeah. I've got to say, I would have liked to have been able to control Shaggy rather than Scooby. Yeah, that was, that was an a weird choice. choice to sort of just have Shaggy as your companion during those sections. Yeah, but I, I suppose they 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 did. You know, the the game is called Scooby Doo. It's not called yeah. Shaggy. So if you're going to choose anyone to to control, then obviously you want to control the the main character. And that's why the majority of the game was you running away from danger. Yeah. Yeah, As they ha- but I, I like that they blended in some, you know, somewhat traditional style platform stuff. It almost felt a bit like Crash Bandicoot-ish mm. or, or that sort of thing with the running in and out of the, the screen. Yeah, yeah, Banjo-Kazooie sort of stuff with a, a few collect-a-thon stuff as yeah, you went through the levels. But- collecting your Scooby Snacks and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it, wor- it worked really well. And, I mean, it's it's on brand. It's on theme. Like, that's what Scooby and Shaggy do <laughs> is they fucking run away. I, I do like how they brought in that really messed up level. Cause you, and, and for the audience yeah. at home, they, you know, in the show, they'll have those scenes where Scooby, Doo and Shaggy, like, they'll go in one door on one side and then, like, come out the other in the background and then come yep. over here. Playing that from the perspective of, of Scooby, it, it messes with your brain. You're- it messes with your head. <laughs> yeah, like I swear, if if I go into one angle because it's in third person view most yeah. of the time, you could actually you know situate the camera so that you could actually see the doors open. You can see yourself in the other. Oh, yeah. in the other. They were effectively using, and- using portals in that way, yeah. like sort of in a similar way to how Psychonauts Two did some cool stuff with. With, uh, you know, really messing around with your idea of physical space. But they just used it in, these sec- in this section. It was, it was really quite cool. Hmm. Um, I, I must admit, I wasn't expecting, like, Velma, Fred, and Daphne to get kidnapped. And that, you know, the crux of the game would actually be... Shaggy and Scoob having to step up and be brave and after spending the first half of the game running away from yeah. danger. Like, well, they had to yeah. actually step well, up to it. What I, th- what I thought was really cool, though, how was how then, you know, you spent that first half of the game going between the different characters, their different play styles, but then in that, in that you know, most of the second half of the game, Scooby and Shaggy were essentially having to try to emulate those play styles. Mm. So you're having to do <laughs> the investigation stuff. You had sc- literally Scooby, Scooby driving do, the mystery yep. machine. <laughs> I was I was about to mention it was one of my favorite favorite That's a great things sequence. because yeah. you know the pause just on the wheel and try, try to drive around and the amount of times I, I like crashed into first trees person yep. as well. Yeah. Uh, and that you could, yeah, you look over and you see Shaggy in the, in the seat next to you, just like well, holding on for dear life. At one stage, um, if you, if you hit too many trees, Shaggy actually jumps up and his hand goes across Scooby's eyes. Uh, so his across hands across, eyes. across the, yeah, across the screen cool. to make it even worse. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That was a nice little touch. Very, they did a really good job of, you know, like the, the whole magical doors thing of, of bringing the car, the element, what you, what you know and love from the cartoons into this game experience. But uh, just. And from a different perspective. Towards the end, when Shaggy throws the Scooby snack to, um, to Scooby, and all of a sudden it's like Scooby leveled up and all of a sudden his smell, you know, he could actually start using smell to do investigative stuff. And there was. You know that whole that whole scene of you know going down deep into the labyrinth trying to find the burger, yeah. And then Shaggy, when when you got down far enough, he actually started going, "Oh, I can smell it too." And and it was sort of like this, like, "Oh my god, we are actually going in the right direction. We we haven't just gone on a wild goose chase like what happened earlier in the game." And yeah, that was a nice kind of affirming moment there. Again, I don't see why. Uh, they had to use the same 
villain from the very start of the game as the burger from hell. Like, Mr. Shenanigan or whatever his name was. Yeah, uh, that was an interesting choice. I mean, I guess it kind of made it a bit of a callback to that case. But I did I did happen to read that they do, like... If you if you read all the notes and if you if you turn on all the radios, you actually hear all the radio reports of of what's actually been happening in the background. That you know he actually escaped from police custody and um, you know had not been seen, and you know there were a number of people that were actually murdered and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, I think you know I think they justified it well enough, and. You know, bringing it back to the fact that you know you'd, you'd originally solved the case to the haunting of his of his restaurant, and I mean that that kind of made sense then. That like, oh, it's all this public. Like he's just trying to gain publicity for his restaurant, making it seem like it's haunted. So yeah, like I, I think they justified it. They justified it well enough. Yeah, I found it weird that they did actually include some bad endings in case you didn't actually you know, solve the, solve the mystery in time. Uh, I thought that was a bit weird. Like it was sort of like one of these mass effect two sort of things that, mm. um, it, when, when you get to the final thing, if you didn't do enough of enough of the, you know, side missions as well with well, yeah, well, Fred Velma and, and Daphne, you could actually lose one or all of them. Yeah. That you could, that you could get to the end without actually having saved the three others. Mm. I thought was was definitely. I mean, it was a bold move. <laughs> it was a. It was just a, a lot of work for them to do that. Like they could have just made it a fairly linear thing, but like I think I think they seem to even have custom endings depending on which combination. Yeah, uh, had been sold. Had been uh, had been found. So that is pretty impressive. But then again, seeing in in, in that ending where Fred died, seeing then. You know, Scooby Doo with with like the cravat and all that sort of stuff. You know, sort of in that collared shirt and and driving the mystery machine, leaving. You know, it it was kind of funny because it reminded me of that level. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't resist putting the humor in there. Yeah, so I'm going to give this game eight Scooby snacks. Uh, yeah. Look, I think I'll give it um seven layers of a giant sandwich. No, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I suppose I should get my next one. Oh, keeping with the dog theme. Atomic Puppy Bastards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this one, actually. And and it's spelt bastards, as in, as in you know, like inglorious bastards, because it was, you know. Yeah, sort of. Well, I mean, it had a very terrible World War II yeah. setting as well. Yeah, and it was actually about, you know, the... Well, it's it's in this puppy. It's set in this puppy world where these scientists are actually, you know, developing nuclear te- technology yes. for the first time, and it's it's basically you know the Manhattan Project and all this sort of stuff. But it's with adorable puppies. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting subject matter to take into the sort of realm of adorable puppies. But they, yeah. I think, I think what they did well is that they just. They just took themselves seriously. Mm. Uh, this was yes, these the puppies are ridiculously cute, and the fur render was mm, incredible. Amazing, yeah, all the different types of fur as well. But they kind of just treat it straight faced, and no, this is but this is a serious story about you know war and technology and atomic weapons, mm. and and it kind of felt like. They were going to go down that that whole route of oh my god, are we going to actually be, you know, dropping bombs on, you know, Hiroshima and all this sort of stuff? And it's like no, they kind of went in an otherworldly sort of sort of thing that, you know, they they did end up attacking Germany and all this all this sort of stuff. And then I mean, the the Mecha Hitler that was that was crazy, all, well, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And it turned into like a Metal Gear game for a little while there. Yeah, they definitely took it into that alternate history sort of direction. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't I mean, alternate dogs enough, aside. Dogs, yeah, <laughs> dogs aside. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Sure, I would have liked to see a bit more of like actually saying like, okay, if it was history, but 
dogs, like how would the the that specific change of mm. it being dogs have altered history? It was more yep. just, again, like I said, kind of almost not even acknowledging that there were dogs, uh, but having all these different breeds, and, and you know, having the having the Germans all be like Dobermans mm, and stuff. Dobermans, yep, and German shepherds, yeah, and German shepherds, like. I mean, it made sense. It felt a little bit on the nose. It was, you know, I mean, uh, for the Nazis, it made sense. Cause Although it, fine, w- it was like, really funny. Anyone there, it was but. really funny seeing a schnauzer as, as like, Hitler. Like, just this tiny little dog. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, I think, that was perfect. Like, I, think that was a, I think that was a perfect choice. Yeah. Sort of making him this diminutive little pop. Yeah, and and it it looked really funny having that little moustache on this on this tiny little dog <laughs> as well. Like, and I did I did like the fact that you you knew that it was Germans, but they didn't go too far into the into the Nazism. You know, putting all the flags and and all that sort of stuff up there everywhere. They kind of just they're like, you know, what's going on? You don't need to you don't need to glorify this yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that was good. You kind of. Almost on the sidelines of a lot of that, yeah, uh, and, and focusing a bit more on uh, the scientists, which was interesting. Hmm. Getting some of their point of view. Um, I I thought the the way that they split up the chapters, and you know, you do some in the future, some some in the past. Very very Tarantino like that. Mm. Um, you know, a character that died in the previous previous chapter is all of a sudden alive in this chapter and it's because you know it's talking about you know what they actually did to help you know bring this bring this further forward um i thought that was very good and also the fact that they they must have had some sort of um some sort of line to to quentin tarantino because the music choices were spectacular they were definitely you know channeling tarantino in there in some of those scenes you know, they they weren't direct ripoffs of the glory spices, but no. just that very much that tone, which is impressive mm. when you're talking about a game full of fucking dogs. Yeah, like oh, and the scene, scene with that, that pug. Yeah, yeah, is that what you're going to yeah. say too? The scene with the pug, like, uh, and the big speech that he gave around the you know the the harm that could be caused by the nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. and, uh. And then just being killed in cold blood by that Nazi Doberman, like yeah. Whew. I mean, I knew when I first saw that that Doberman for the first time in the scientist's office. I'm like, yeah, why have they got a German scientist here? Like, and it it was actually a it was a double agent, like yeah, and he just killed three of them outright. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> wild. Um, and and thing is we we you know i was sort of thinking oh i don't i don't really want to be you know racist and, or anything like this because i'm not <laughs> seeing this this doberman and i'm going oh he's german he's he's got to be a german spy and he's sitting through the whole meeting and he's quiet and he's i mean know. this is the thing like there were there were plenty of german uh uh people who who what's the word who crossed over to the us yeah. and particularly science and stuff so yeah like he didn't want to assume and then he came. So, I mean, in, in that way, it was a little bit typecasting to do that. Yeah, um, but but poignant uh, because of it. like amazing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's quite well done. I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I, I mean, I mentioned Mecha Hitler before, but it when it took that Metal Gear solid sort of change in in during the the third act, I thought that was really really quite cool. You know, you had those. Um, very Kojima, Kojima, uh, Kojima-esque um, video things where the where the the bad guys pretty much explaining his whole thing, which is very Tarantino yeah. as well. But yeah, then that yeah. whole monologue sort of thing, yeah. That whole battle between uh, Mecha Hitler and like the the Project Manhattan team was just yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like once you got once they revealed all that all that additional tech with the mech suits and the um, they felt know, very the, steampunk, the which was kind of cool. Like it, it did feel very yeah. World War Two technology, but just amped up. 
But I liked how they added a lot of dog touches in there with, like, the collars and... <laughs> the dog tags, of course. Yeah, the dog tags. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was, for what it was, for what it was... You know, and it wasn't a very long game, which was which was fine given the amount of stuff that they you know they managed yeah. to fit in there in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah, um, I mean, let's just say I've I've been playing Masters of Spelling Dystopia for the last like I think I got fifty three hours yeah. or something like that. Um, I put like six hours into this, and yeah, well, look, exactly. Not not everything can be Masters of, Masters of Spelling Dystopia. So, uh, yeah, for what it was, I, I think it was good. I'm gonna give it. Um, Seven and a half box. Yep. Um, I've got uh, three Frisbees and um, four collars. So. Good collection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got another game for us? No, that's the end of the episode. That's okay. It. So that's. Didn't play anything else this week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Of course, course I've got, got more. more. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about Summer Skate Shack. Oh, oh my god! I love that game. Yeah, this was this was just. I really like how lighthearted it was, and and it's actually it's very it's it's very fitting that we played this game because you've just been to LA and it it yeah. kind of had that that whole it had that kind LA of vibe, vibe for it, kind of that Venice Beach like mm. skating down, like a bit of a nineties vibe to it. They they weren't mm. specific about it, and in fact, there was sort of the other mobile phones is like. And stuff in there, but uh, so it was more of a, a retro '90s sort of thing in yeah. modern day. But I liked, I really liked the combination they had of sort of the management of your of your skate shack. You're yeah. like selling, selling skates, selling you know uh, protective gear, selling drinks. So sell, you know you've you've got a different things you can you can set up and, and that you can upgrade and, and get different stock in, but. You know, the main focus is really on the characters and the regulars who come by yep. and who are skating by every day. Yeah, and and I really love the fact that, you know, when you first hear skate, you're thinking skateboarding. But it's like, no, this is all no. about... Just yes, like the, yes, roller skates, inline roller skates, skates. Yeah. inline skates. Yeah. You did have some boards that you could get, but, you know, the the main focus was on any sort of skate so that everyone well, could be was, involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it just it told a good story. You know, they obviously had the uh, the developers coming in who wanted to to put up more condos on the beach, which were going to really wreck the vibe <laughs> of. You know, it's a classic classic kind of story, but particularly, I mean, that's sort of what gave it that more of that nineties vibe as well. Like it felt like a nineties movie story. Yeah. You, you kind of had that guy that was kind of like the typical dean of the college sort of sort of um, big well, developer yeah. guy that you yeah, know just you could like pull the, pranks the, on and all this sort of stuff and yeah it was it was sort of uh, what's the word it was collegiate in that way yeah. I I, re- I really enjoyed that that scene where you had you had the two bik- bikini clad women who um, you know ha- uh, had the skipping rope. And yeah. you know they dragged it between them, and they they tripped him up, and then they tied him up, and and that's how they yeah. they sort of stopped him from from you know creating the condos that time. Um, I thought that yeah, was kind of yes, fun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how they kind of did it in that. I mean, it felt a bit like it's like a nineties TV show mm. in that way. Like they kind of had that episodic vibe to it. It wasn't strictly episodes, but like it, it, the the uh, the way that the arcs of the story went, you'd kind of. You'd, you'd get the people coming in, you'd you'd have your little discussions and then you'd, you know, the the developer would come in or come, you know, you'd know you'd, or come by with, a, you know, potential uh, uh, <laughs> with contractors another, and stuff. And, and with another envelope of cash trying to pay you off and, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, this will be a quick game if I if I accept this, so no, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to have this. And, you know, it, I thought that was really quite cool that they did... They did give you the offer to to like you could have mm. a, a skate shack in the bottom of this condo, but the problem is, would people want to skate like, if you sold that's out? That's it. Nobody nobody wants this. Nobody wants your stuff if you've sold out to the man. Yeah, and plus, you know, having those condos there would just ruin the whole vibe of uh, that section of the beach. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants that. I 
I did spend quite a bit of time doing the side missions with the um with the kids that were doing the graffiti. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. So that did you get to the end of that quest line? Uh, I think I did. I I know that all all the um all the concrete and and all the pillars and stuff outside outside the skate shack were completely full. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if that was actually the end. I did like that lot that line of quests. I liked how. Uh, you sort of, because it started off and they're like tagging everywhere, just like gross, uh, well, you know, single color tags, single color over over some beautiful stuff, and it's like, oh. yeah. And so the fact that you instead of just like calling the cops or whatever or trying to get rid of them, it's more no, let's like help ingratiate them teach, into, into the yeah, teach these kids what it means to be part of this community and that graffiti in, in certain. You know, when it's art, artistic, can, it's, can really be can, can look amazing, but tagging can look shit. Great. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it. I think that's why, um, you know, this probably wouldn't be available in Australia because I know that they didn't like Mark Mark Echoes getting up. So um, <laughs> that classic, that classic game, uh, because yeah. was, graffiti obviously is just never acceptable, not even with an R rating. Um, but ridiculous. It, it was so. It's such a small part of the game, but it was like when when I think Venice Beach, I think graffiti. I think you know skating. I'm thinking you know yeah. sunswept beaches and all this sort of stuff. Like it's yeah, all they part got of that the- vibe. They got that vibe down really well, and and I liked how it did just feel very chilled out. Like yeah. you could you could tackle your different sort of storylines in whatever order you wanted. Yeah, if you if you didn't want to talk to Kathy that day, you didn't have to. Like, she'd be yeah. there. She'd be there tomorrow. Just yeah, make sure until, that you talk and, to her every now and again, because otherwise, you know, you don't you don't want to getting depressed. Yeah, exactly. And, and I liked the real sense of community it gave for all the yeah. different characters who came around and and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I thought it was you know something a bit different. And and I liked that. I mean, we, we, we always like the, on this show, the sort of non-combat based mm. gameplay, you know, uh, it's um, always good to see. I, I really like Robert's storyline where, you know, you could tell something was not going right. And then when you caught him actually shooting up drugs and then you, you took him through all the rehab and all that sort of stuff. And when he came in and showed like his, his 90 day pin saying that, yeah. you know he hadn't touched hadn't touched drugs in 90 days like that brought a tear to my eye like that was that was amazing like we they changed did that the quite life. well i'm i'm they they did a really good job of staying away from it really feeling like an after school special and oh, giving yeah. it you know some real pathos i guess some real uh emotions mm. in there and they built robert up enough by the point that, that happened, like it didn't just feel like, oh, this character's here to have a drug story. No, you know, no, he he was he was like he was in the tutorial. He was he was yeah. you know helping you you sort of learn about you know the ropes and um. Well, and I think who, like, they who did not su- to sell to who not they to, did who not such to a good to. job. They did such a good job of just changing his demeanor across it as well, like fairly slowly. You know, he saw it beat. Uh, and, and kind of, uh, outgoing in that tutorial level. And if you're not paying attention, like you kind of don't notice that, oh, by the time you do get to that drug storyline, like you're like, oh yeah, like he's changed. He's mm. changed a lot. Um, so I'm going to give this 24 wheels, which, uh, with skates would be an eight. <laughs> <laughs> so there's eight skates. Yeah. 20, 24, wait, three wheels. Yeah. On each skate, like inline skates. Inline skates. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give this uh, 8.5 Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> because, of, because of that, that one weird, weird glitch that happened where he was cut in half that for that whole scene. That was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, That's what made me think of it. That's yeah. how I've got the extra half. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about Revenge of the Spatula? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this one was. A, I mean, look, I thought this one was a bit dumb, but it was. It had its. It had its. 
Uh, it had its upsides. Yeah, I, I suppose what I, what I love is they went all in on the spatula and the powers that the spatulas could have. Yeah. Uh, the fact that, you know, you're thinking revenge of the spatula, but no, there's multiple spatulas that you can collect and it's like, you know, it's a, it's a collect the whole set of, of the spatulas and, and you can actually unlock the proper power of the spatulas. I will say they did a good job of, of managing to add character to, you know, the inanimate object that is a spatula. Hmm. Um, and, and enough that you could have so many different types. And it wasn't just, you know, colour swaps and pattern no. swaps. Like, these were different styles of flipping devices, yeah. you know. Um, and having food and, you know, burger-based enemies was pretty good, I thought. It, you know, being able well, to flip them. Well, and the fact that so much of it was, yes, yeah, so much of it was this flip-based gameplay. Like, that was sort of your main verb, was to flip them and have yeah. them, you know, if you do it correctly, land on either each other or on the environmental hazards. Hazards. Oh. Uh, you know, the grills that were around and the skewers and- I've got to say, the the environment artists must have had a field day with this game. Oh, like, God, yeah. They went absolutely insane, just, you know, as you said, grills and skewers everywhere. I, I really I really did like the, the, the subtle nods to, like, a movie that probably no one has ever seen, which is Weird Al Yankovic's, like, <laughs> video from UHF in Australia or UHF in in like America, where you actually had Spatula City and, you know, yeah. all, um, if you if you listen closely, you I mean, could hear the whole Spatula City, Spatula City ad from UHF. I guess if you're, I guess if you're making a Spatula-based game, you probably need to find as much Spatula-related, hmm. you know, content as you can. So, uh, but yes, I think there are probably relatively few people who would have picked that up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've got to say, Weird Al... He should have produced this game. Like you could tell that they were really bad rips of, of, of like an old VHS copy rather than like had they just gone to him. He's he's a pretty good guy. They they would have done a they would have you done think a deal. Still got the the masters master sound effects from the thirty plus year old movie. Well, here's the thing: the Spatula City and all this sort of stuff is on his is is on his um his album from. Uh, from the okay. time, like they okay. they they put a whole heap of those sort of things in there. They could have just ripped it from there, but no, they grabbed it from the VHS. I could tell it was VHS because there was that hiss in the background. <laughs> you got good ears, Trevor. You got good ears. I've got a good. He- I've got a good set of headphones. Uh, sponsored by Audio Technica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wish. Uh, I send us stuff. Audio Technica. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not currently using an audio audio technica mic, so maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means that they need to win you over. Uh no, but back to back to sort of the gameplay and stuff. I, I really liked the combo the different combos you could get, particularly with the skewers, like if you alternated between like a meat based and mm. a vegetable based uh oh, skewer combos, yeah. Enemy and that sort of thing. The skewer combos are really cool. Having knives and forks around and and like flipping them onto those and seeing them mm. just like get get uh, consumed. Yeah, and oh, can can we talk about the big mouth boss? Like, yeah. I mean, all you had to do was satiate the boss. That's it. Wasn't attacking the boss or anything like that. It was literally flipping enough burgers and and like pancakes and shit into yeah. the mouth to satiate it. Otherwise, you you drown in saliva like but it just, was tough it was tough it was tough yeah and well and with that saliva sort of creating this like real slippery areas and stuff yeah uh you had to you you really had to make those uh those move sequences work for you to to get the the directional flips mm. you know in the right direction um, I really did enjoy some of the some of the powers that we had in there, like uh, obviously the flipping power, which is just bog standard for for it. But the fact that there was like one of the spatulas could actually heat up to super super high uh, levels to yeah, to actually to like scold and and burn and sear it. Sear it. Nice sear. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I liked the non the non stick power up the most to really just get that extra. 
uh, extra boost behind your flips. And it also meant that you didn't have to spend, like, minutes in that cleanup game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Where you, where you had to get the scourer out. And every time that you're doing with the scourer, you, you, you're, you like, making little marks, which are, which are just going to... They're gonna, it's just making it worse. It's going to yeah. make it worse. It's not gonna. It's not gonna slide under there as nicely next time. Um, but you got to be very careful with the non-stick because it it's not infallible. Like you can actually scratch the fuck out of it. Yeah, I think they must have taken some of the damage mechanics from like uh, Dark Souls Two because sometimes I felt like the spatial is just wore down so quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. They're definitely based out on the material of whatever spatula you were using at the time, but I, I, they all were... It was a bit much how much they'd, they'd yeah. run down and you had to, like, go and you know, <laughs> I mean, refurbish. I mean, my, my starting spatula was just a nub by the end. Like, I, I couldn't get rid of it. I, I loved it so much. Yeah, you, it's, it's and the, then you had to basically, like, skewer the... Yeah, but skewer them it was of the fact them. that they made you name it. Like, <laughs> what did you name your what did you name your spatty. first spatula? Spatty, Spatty the spatula, Spatty spatula. That's a, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I love Spatty. We all love Spatty. <laughs> what did you name yours? Bob. Oh. <laughs> going with a human was- name for a spatula. That's just that's, that's so I wrong. Mean, it's so demeaning. It's demeaning to give them a name that is is. More anthropomorphic. I think it's respectful and showing that, yes, I do think of them <laughs> as a real person. Um, so did you use, did you use Bob much throughout the game? Uh, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I flipped Bob off to the side pretty quickly. Uh, he, well, I mean, I, I don't know. Did they random because mine was like a, he was plastic. Like he wasn't even a nice. Yeah, but. Steel or yeah, but Spatty the stainless steel, Spatty the plastic spatula. He he was my friend. He started like melting, like the end of him got all stubby. That's how, of, that's how like, we ended up at a nub. But yeah, I wasn't going to throw him away because I didn't use him. You know, that, that, was, that was the whole quest line. You know, about bringing him back to his parents and all this sort of stuff. Like you're not telling me that you missed out on on all that extra content. Well, he, I got. No, well, I didn't do that quest line because I had thrown him away, but mm. there is, like, a scene where he shows back up and he's, like... He flips you off, does he? Or- <laughs> <laughs> flip, flip you the bird. <laughs> I broke Ben. <laughs> that was good. That was good. He did flip me off. <laughs> And yeah, uh, it was, it was, it was a good scene. It was a good scene. I'm glad actually that I threw him away just so I could see that scene. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful pun on the whole game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. why wouldn't you want to see that? So anyway, um, I think I'm going to give it, uh, probably a six flips. Okay. Six flips. Ten. Um, Look, I really enjoyed it. I think I might give it seven burgers. Yeah. Just on, on flipping flipping onto a grill. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's your what's your next game? Like my next game that uh we played this one multiplayer together. Grimy Mountain Climber Wars. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this was gri- grimy. Is is definitely an adjective. <laughs> yeah, you got pretty messy. You got pretty messy. But I, I mean, and it's it's funny that they put that in the title because it was more just an aesthetic thing. Like they yeah. didn't really bring that in as a gameplay mechanic. But no. it, definitely, by the time you get high up in these mountains, uh, especially if you've done you know what we were doing, where you're really like screwing with each other and <laughs> pushing each other off. <laughs> Ledges and <laughs> cutting your you rope. Get, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get you get pretty grimy. You get pretty messy. But yeah, this was essentially like a competitive multiplayer mountain climber game mm-hmm. um, where you just yeah you do get kind of a, a, a bunch of interesting tools to uh, to mess with your your competitors. 
I liked that it was. I liked that if you like that it, it wasn't easy to just find the other players. No, I mean the the fact that there was no map yet it was yeah it wasn't a mountain it was a mountain range like yeah so you really have to it's this is not an arcadey sort of thing where you that you might think of just like fast action you know everyone's on the screen at once or whatever now this is you know third person you're having to look out and find the other players by you know when they might light a fire halfway up or uh, the you know the glint off their carabiner, <laughs> uh, or just falling. I mean, the biggest thing that gives away is just falling rocks, falling dirt, falling. You know, yeah. Um, I didn't realize it for so long, but I was literally right underneath you for like you know half of my climb. <laughs> yes, I'm like, that was where, all the, where are all these all these rocks coming from? I look up, like I'm looking out to the side and all this sort of stuff, yeah. and I'm like, I literally spawned just beneath you. And we'd been climbing and looking around for for ages, and not been that able was to, good. That was good. I think I knew you were there a bit long. I'd I'd been unfortunately I didn't find like a big enough rock on a ledge soon enough. I was hoping that you wouldn't have seen me, and I'd just drop one down. Mm. Uh just just pull it down with your uh, climbing axe with my climbing axe, and just drop yep. it on your head. And I think that's what I liked about the game: the fact that. Because there was no map, because there was only environmental clues as to where other people yeah. were, you kind of just ha- you had to explore. You had to you had to try yeah different things yeah. out, and it gave an in- interesting mix of sort of yeah that solitary gameplay, and it was challenging just the climbing stuff. Like you had yeah. to it- put your connections in the right pl- in the right place. Like if you do if you do the wrong thing, you can you can fall and, and potentially die. Uh, ju- I mean, you re- judging your um, judging your handholds as as you're going, yeah, and, and the fact that you did actually have like uh, the two triggers were were for your legs and and you had to sort of keep them hot, held, and then your two bumpers were were all about the hands, about you know yeah. you could uh, move one onto the next one and move one up to here, and yeah, it was quite intuitive. Like it didn't feel like you were doing co-op or something like no. that, uh, but that you were still really had a lot of control over, yeah, the, each, each limb and, and how that worked. You, you know what it, uh, What I'm just realizing now, actually? It gave me a very, um, uh, oh, what's the fucking player unknown? Battlegrounds. The- PUBG. PUBG. Battlegrounds. Right, yeah, PUBG. I knew, uh, like, completely, it's been so long since that's been relevant. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the sort of vibe it gave me because, of course, you're, Racing to the highest mountain, so which there is only one of, so yep. you're eventually going to get closer and to closer the other and people. Closer, yep. Mm. But you know, in the meantime, you've got sort of somewhat solitary gameplay where you may or may not run across someone, um, but basically your chances get higher and higher as you play and get closer to that that main peak. Yeah, and and you know, being able to, being able to uh, ransack. You know the different uh, base camps and that sort of stuff. Well, that's it. Yeah, if you found that, if you find the the current base camp of someone or just what they've left behind, like if it is their current base camp, they might die and respawn back there and find mm. that all their shit's gone. <laughs> oh, especially because hooks and all those all those you know different things for yeah. rock climbing. Limited. They're, they're limited supplies, so yeah. sometimes you had to climb you know thirty forty meters and then you'd then you'd put another another hook in place. If you fell at any of any of those times, you're incredibly grimy, and you may have even died. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I say grimy, but you're incredibly bloody as well. Like, and that just seeps in, yeah. and then you can get sepsis, and that's that's the worst condition that you can get that, in the game. See, I thought I thought the fact that they added getting sepsis and getting diseased and stuff uh, for the for the time frame, I felt like that was maybe a little bit too far. I felt like that added a layer of frustration that perhaps wasn't needed. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of made, I guess it kind of gave them the reason to have some of the, the med- yeah. medical supplies and stuff, but I've got to say, don't try to speed run the speed run the game because I think they've, they've realized that just getting to the top of the summit isn't a great idea because obviously the higher that you get, the, the colder it gets. Yeah. Well, frostbite starts setting in and you know, what, my guy lost fingers. 
Like, he lost fingers and fell off the mountain. Like... That was another one that... Look, I... Not as bad as the sepsis. I, I can see why they did it. Because it added some interesting gameplay mechanics. Because then when you are controlling each limb... Mm-hmm. And you know that they're at varying levels of frostbitten, so they're not going to, you know, have Hot, the strength to hold the strength. on. And-, and and also the fact that there's not as much oxygen up there means that the stamina meter has actually yeah. kind of shrunk as as you got up there because you don't have as much stamina anymore. Yeah, yeah. But there is something to be said for trying to get there, bef- like as fast as possible. Because working with the frostbite and working with the low oxygen, while there are other people also trying to, like, pull you down or, like, sabotage you in different ways, it was stressful. Like, Hmm. those last few minutes, just like a PUBG game. Yeah. Especially when when they're up on the summit and they're throwing down small little things that all of a sudden start gaining snow and shit because, of course, the top of the mountain has yeah, lots of snow. Yeah, that was a cool mechanic, actually. Yeah. And you got this huge fucking snowball by the time it's down the bottom. Like, I swear they just chucked a pebble and now they've got this massive fucking snowball coming right at me. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah, you had to really take note of sort of where the little overhangs were and uh, and if they weren't enough, like, get a good swing going yeah. and get your timing right because... Yeah, I mean, in in the earlier levels, you know, a rolling stone gathered no moss, but it, in, in the in <laughs> but go the snow, go the snow. Yeah. It's like a rolling stone gathers a fuck ton of snow, and I think whoever made up that original proverb just they missed out the second part of. of I did think it was. I did think it was a little bit ridiculous, but it gave it a little bit of character that if you did get hit by that snowball and like get brought down the hill that when you do kind of event like when you hit something that stops you you end up just there kind of like a snowman yeah i mean in the snow with they, it, they like, put they put the three the coal things stuff. in the, and yeah. the carrot and more coal yeah, like and a very classic <clears throat> very classic uh the scarf was a nice touch yes yeah. so well and i liked uh, <laughs> did you notice like even the snowman scarf followed the colour scheme of your character creation. Yes, yes. I thought that was really like, cool. That was a nice little touch. I don't know where all the coal came from, though, because, you know... Well, that, I think that that's where it was sort of a bit... Yeah. Because like, when you wanted, a bit when you wanted coal to, to help you start a fire so that you could actually survive the cold the cold nights, like, you couldn't find shit. But somehow a fucking snowman gets it automatically. It, that really bothered me. <laughs> maybe, they were, maybe they were just stones, Trevor. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to give this six pieces of coal that I never fucking found. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it uh, eight carabiners. Mm. I was impressed. Nice. Yeah. Our last actual main game for tonight before yep. we do our lightning round. round. Yep. Um, summer Tricycle Summit. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of summits, yeah. Yeah. A bit different, of course. Very, one. very different. This, The fact that the lead character in this was literally like a, a four or five year old you know riding a tricycle and you know it was just about their summer and trying to climb you know that that hill well and and trying to cl- not just trying to climb it but, but then trying having to climb the courage with, with the um with the tricycle and then well, going then, down yeah, again down, exactly having the courage to then go down that big hill and of course uh, and it was- I l- it was oh yeah go sorry I was just gonna say I loved some of the the camera work and the, mm. essentially the cinematography in this game of the way that you know you'd get to the top of that summit and your field of vision would change like it gave you that real vertigo kind of sense of like how oh, big yeah. this seems to a toddler it was it was the whole thing of you know bringing the camera and changing changing the the focus changing and, your focal and, length and stuff yeah yeah it was really cool um, obviously it was all set up at the very start of the game, like, you know, your big brother had, had pushed you down, you know, that, that hill. Yeah. And on your tricycle, you know, obviously when you were, it was before the start of the game, so maybe, maybe three. And yeah. that was obviously in your mind and kept on flashing back to that. Yeah. Which trauma. was really quite good. Trauma that you'd experienced. Yeah. But I, I thought, you know, it, it was kind of weird to have those have those mechanics of having to having to actually uh control each foot as you're on the tricycle you know trying to get that get that get rhythm, rhythm going. going uh yeah look i uh, it was a little bit unusual but i felt like it 
did give you that sense because it was almost like a, it was almost like a rhythm game then because you had, if you got out of sync as you sped up, mm. like you just, you'd turn or you'd, you know, you'd start to wobble, you'd, you wouldn't be able to keep it up. Yeah. Um, and it did really give that sense of going fast down a hill. Yeah. Uh, it really would have been good if they if they matched the music to the speed that you needed to be doing it because when you're hearing the beat of the music and then your tricycle isn't at that beat, it just it kind of felt off. Yeah, um, it would have been good. I mean, there there was a perfect song. I can't remember what band did it. It sort of sounds like there's like this riding down a hill or something like that. I, I know. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's sort of. It- it gives you like, yeah, like a- yeah. Uh, something about a mountain and being defiant or something like that. So we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, we'll never know. But uh, that would have been that would have been good in that scene. But you know, just the fact that every single time I went up that hill, they'd play that that same beat that never sped up or anything like that, and it's like, oh god, my head's just feeling yeah, that beat, that, and that did feel like a missed opportunity to really give that sense of. Like to go along with the controls and the, and the visuals, to to really give that sense of being out of control, going down a hill on a tricycle, mm. uh, which, as we you know, I think I feel like that's a universal experience. We've yes. all tried it. We've all been yeah. there. It did feel very at home to me because, I mean, the name of the hill was Zena Grove, and around in Rural there is a, there is a really high. A really high, like that was a weird coincidence. Yeah, really high, like hill uh, with a road on it called Zena Grove. Um, yeah, I wonder if they grew up. Maybe the maybe someone on the I team. I know grew from up. from what was I can tell, Australia? like it was a Holland Holland developer or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess they have one there too. Yeah, but that that uh, that really brought it brought it back home for me. Like the fact that there was another way up to the hill, like so you didn't have to just go up that yeah we didn't just go up the steep yeah, the steep part go. yeah but then you know the dlc where they had the whole thing about the cut breaks you know that was that was harrowing like well that was weird as well because i didn't think tricycles even had like yeah no, breaks that you could cut yeah but, but i guess it was it was one of these the, things that it was sort of the way that they because i mean the whole game you know, obviously, it's set with these toddlers, but it's sort of they they portrayed them as as older, as in in sort of that ironic way. I mean, I say DLC because, but it wasn't really downloadable content. It was just unlocked in the game. I think it was right, just yeah, it sort of wasn't part of the main story initially. But yeah, it was just like a, a it was a weird sort of like prologue to the whole thing. That mm-hmm. hey, you go down this next time, and your brakes were were cut, or you know you disconnected in some way, disconnected yeah. in some way, so that basically you stop you you tried stopping your feet, but the wheels kept on turning. Like yeah, and it was like oh my god, they're not connected to the wheel anymore, and yeah, it was kind of crazy. And then you had that whole hospital scene that was you know a little bit sad. Yeah, they did that well. And look, and we haven't talked about sort of the, the characters all that much um, and your friends and stuff. But, mm. uh, you know, by that point, you had developed these relationships with the other toddlers. You kind of had your little crew. Yeah. Albert and the gang, sh- yeah. That was- yeah, for them to all, like, show up at the hospital. Yeah, with get well cards, which, um, I mean, you could tell that they spent a bit of time, you know, working out what you'd actually done throughout the game so because they didn't make mention in the card of some of your some of your um you know achievements throughout the game yeah that was a cool little touch yeah um i think yeah i think if you i think even if you'd got more achievements in the game there were like more cards or, yeah and and definitely cool. more people to sign your cast because yeah you know yeah. they they all came down to to sign that cast but it was kind of weird that you know the rest of the game was just like a hospital mystery but you know, that's what happens. Yeah, they did pivot a little bit there. It was just in the DLC, though. Well, yeah. again, it was the prologue. But yeah, but for them to go to a completely different gameplay style was yeah. was an interesting choice. It, it actually for that kind whole of felt rear window. Um, you know, 
like because they'd broken their legs and they were sort of instead of being on a tricycle they were now in wheelchair in a wheelchair with the with the one yeah, leg. I guess and, that that was one way that they managed to sort of keep yeah. the mechanics that instead of doing each foot on the trice on the pedals it was your, each, hand each hand in the wheelchair. And, yeah. yeah, that was good. So, so yeah, I, I think it did feel just a little bit like, hey, we've got this you know, this game with these vehicle mechanics. Let's just do something completely different with it. Yeah. Uh while still being able to, you know, reuse a bunch of stuff. So that yeah. was cool. Um and then of course the the end of the deals the or the the prologue where you're up the top in your wheelchair and you just you let it go again <laughs> and you just <laughs> Dancing in the Grove again. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, lightning round. Yeah. All right. So this is where we, because we don't always play uh, games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is where we, oh, we bring sorry. up the game. Sorry. Um, ha- how many broken legs did you give that last one? Oh, um, look, I was going to give it eight, but... Uh, the that weird DLC or the weird unlockable prologue did actually put me off a little bit. I would have preferred they stuck with the main. So, so down to seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did actually give it an eight, um, right. even though it did get come did get cut down from the uh, from the audio that got got out of out of sync oh, with, yeah. the, with the thing. But they did have an audio menu where you could just turn down the music. So that's what got it back its point. So perfect. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, lightning round. So these are games that we've just we've each played. The other person didn't play necessarily, so we sort of just go quickly through other games we've been playing. Mm. You go first. Uh, yeah. So uh, Spooky Fishing Mania was pretty cool. Cool, nice. Uh, it's essentially a a ghost based fishing game mm. uh, where you play a skeleton, funnily enough, uh, on the edge of a dock, and um, you catching ghost fish but really cool graphics like really cool translucent water and seeing the sort mm-hmm. of emissive uh, ghost fish underneath and yeah a really ca- kind of a connection between you know you're catching the the ghost of the fish that the the human fishman caught during the day and there's sort of mm. this back and forth so it's cool. uh, was it related to spooky's jump scare mansion which is a game that's actually on steam uh it might have been. I haven't played that. Maybe it's a friend. Like maybe it's a series. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, Holy Pogo Plus. Mm, okay. I thought that was you know weird to to sort of have a priest going around on a pogo stick and <laughs> you know it just <laughs> and this was the, this was the plus edition. So this is you know the the re release that um, yeah that they did and yeah it was it was fun to see that. This this priest who had you know decided that he wasn't going to be part of the um, going to, wasn't going to be part of the priesthood anymore and just travel across Australia on a pogo stick. Oh, so it's actually like sort of relatively serious, yeah. in tone. Huh? Yeah, it was. It, it was kind of cool. Um, you you got to talk to a lot of people and and you know sort of re- find out the story as to you know why he didn't want to be a priest anymore and yeah, and then he just pogo's away. He pogoed away. Cool. I've been playing. I played a bit of MC Escher's Bedtime. Oh yes, <laughs> I saw. I'd seen that, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, it does some really cool things with you know non Euclidean ge- geometry, and uh, it's it's basically it's sort of supposed to be a bedtime like story almost, or mm-hmm. like a you know calming down going to bed experience but you walk up the stairs and you, you walk into the, the room and you walk up the stairs down. and you walk up the <laughs> stairs and you walk up the stairs and you walk up the stairs and you realize that you just it's an endless staircase and then yeah you eventually yeah you go into the room and the bed's on the wall and yeah it's mm. but done in done in a very impressive way yeah yep. that's cool that's cool um i nearly didn't download this game because i thought elmo's monster truck carnage was about the Sesame Street character Elmo. And oh, I'm like, that's no, bit, yeah. it was just obviously the developer's name is Elmo, and he wanted to call this game, you know, his Monster Truck Carnage, and it was it was a really really kind of cool, calm again style game. But 
you're in a monster truck and you you're literally crushing cars and and crushing zombies and mm. you know just cool. having a lot of fun and it's I'm, yeah it's been a while since I've played a good just like dis, you know destructive for the sake of being destructive yeah. kind of car game like that I mean cool. there, there was a little that. bit of a story yeah yeah not not too much to write home about it was but it was just good clean fun cool yeah uh college karate chronicles Oh, uh, I I think I grabbed it just because of that great alliteration in the name, um, but uh, it was actually it was kind of a, a cool a cool story a cool mix between you know sort of the classic college you know graphic like visual novel sort of th- sort of thing, yeah. um, but with some real like uh, good sort of martial arts karate gameplay kind of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Screaming Stick 2000, um, I thought that was, I don't know what I thought it was going to be when I went into it. I thought maybe they're going to, like, one of the things I had to enable was a microphone and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, do I have to control this by screaming into a mic? And it's like, <laughs> no, they just, they wanted the, they wanted, like, the mic for, for like, multiplayer mode, which, I mean, okay. it's a game from the 2000s, so no one was, no one was really playing it online, but it's, it's just about who can hold the screaming stick longest. And given that there was no one there and it was a mainly multiplayer game, it was kind of, you know, eh. But the, the, the screaming stick was actually, you know, quite nice and, like, nicely rendered. It had a lot of polygons for, for a 2000 <laughs> for a stick. game. Yeah, cool. 22-year-old game, yeah. All right, I think my last one of the night, uh, and I'm not usually into sports games, but this is sort of a little bit different, hardcore mech football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It it It's this very violent version of, uh, and again, it, it's American football style, so I barely knew the rules, but you kind of don't even need to because it mostly just becomes you know, smashing into and, and and attacking the other mechs. But, you know, you still have to do stuff with the ball. And I mean, really, it wasn't that much different from real American football because yeah. they're always smashing into each other anyway. Yeah. But it was cool. It looked cool. I loved the sound effects in this, actually. Like, the, the screech and, and clat, clatter of metal on metal was mm-hmm. cool. Um, and the last one that I had was Amazon Amish in the Salad Kingdom. Um, <laughs> I... I <laughs> Really, really enjoyed this game. It, was a, it felt like a real throwback to the to like the nineties style platformer yeah. games, like a Commander like King a sort of thing, the jungle or something. Yeah, Jill of the Jungle, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, Amazon Amish was a, I mean, he he was like part of the Amish community. He went out on Rumspringer and mm-hmm. ended up working at an Amazon factory, and. Then left there because, like, he realised that, you know, this is even worse than, you know, having no technology but, like, being yeah. being oppressed. And so he's gone out and he's he's exploring all the different all the different parts of the world because, you know, he got his he got his injury payment from from Amazon from when he had his accident, and now he just travels around the world. And this time he went to the Salad Kingdom and. It's it's kind of weird. It kind of feels like they took our our whole vegetable, you know, starch wars, starch wars stuff, and just made this is all the leafy vegetables and all that sort of stuff living in this beautiful kingdom. And yeah, there were there were some evil potatoes that were coming in and mm. and sort of attacking the salad kingdom. So, um, and Amazon Amish had to had to help save the Salad Kingdom and it was really harrowing cool. journey, so I, I recommend it. I'll have to check that one out. And I mean I guess that's just a case of, you know, parallel thinking with the the whole potato potatoes versus leaf vegetables. But yeah. uh that's cool. Go go see like the first episode that we ever did with Brendan White back in like the early uh, early yeah. Like in, within the first 50 episodes, and that's where yes, Star Wars come from. <laughs> and we've re- We've gone re- back to that well a few times. Gone back to that well a few times, and the fact that someone else has sort of made it is that's amazing. It's pretty cool. All right, so I think that brings us to the end of our episode tonight. 
If you'd like to find us online and all of our previous episodes, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review there. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode or any of our previous episodes. Go review, uh, go listen to Starch Wars with Brendan White and review that one. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Um, if you like the music that we play at the start and end, that's the song meant to find itself of the album Containment Failure. It contains this awesome bit where it's like a, a bike going down a hill um, in the middle. I, I just That's a weird thing to bring up. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, um, but, like- yeah, so it's by the band Kuridas. It's called Mount Defiance. It's, you know, go search it on, it's on Bandcamp. Download it for free. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And, oh, look out, that special is flipping you the bird. 